0: This is Spur of the Moment from Lasso Digital. Hey there, I'm Annika Pelkey, the Digital Marketing Coordinator for Lasso Digital. On today's episode of Spur of the Moment, I'll be talking to Taylor Rossi, our Managing Director. She graduated from the Wharton School of Business, where she found her love for the nonprofit world. Soon after, Taylor began her work at Lasso, where she quickly rose through the ranks from a freelancer to media director to her current role as managing director. We sat down to get to know her better and to learn more about the evolution of her career and the agency. I'm
1: Taylor, I'm the managing director at Lasso, which means um, I manage the day-to-day operations of the organization. Um, I've done a lot of this stuff myself, the digital pieces, traditional pieces. So I also kind of support the team and help act as a strategist and then a liaison for our clients um, outside of work. Um, I have a husband and a one-year-old baby that is the official Lasso intern (laughs) and a dog who is the official director of marketing. And I really love enjoying Colorado, enjoying new coffee shops. I like running and I like cooking when I have time.
0: And you just got a board position offer. I you want did. To about that? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I just became a board member for Project Safeguard, which I'm super excited about. They're a really cool Denver organization that um, works with victims of domestic violence um, to help meet their legal needs. So helping them figure out like what they need in terms of protection orders and things like that. And then they even pay for attorneys to go to court with them, That's um, cool. which is super cool. And then if there's like issues with like human trafficking or immigration that overlap, they'll also help pay for attorneys to deal with those things. So. Super cool. Um, Mainly, like, love the mission, but also it's a really kick-ass, like, woman-led organization, so I'm really excited to be a part of that.
0: That's so cool. And how did you like, find that position, apply and stuff?
1: Yeah, it was just through a LinkedIn post, someone I worked with at the Blue Bench, which, like, focuses with uh, survivors of sexual assault, which is sort of, like, often overlaps with domestic violence. Shared a link to the the board application and my husband's a DA, so, like, we talk a lot, more than anyone should, about, like, domestic violence (laughs) at at the dinner table. This is, like, (laughs) dinner table conversation. And we just talk a lot about how it's really hard for the people who need the legal system most to navigate it. Like, If you're in a a situation where you're being abused or, like, a victim of violence, you're often, doesn't always go with, like, high income or, like, you know, a lot of issues like poverty and, like, those things overlap. And so um, I just thought it was super cool. Like, it relates a lot to, like, what we talk about at home. And I'm really passionate about, like, women's rights and women's issues. So I think it's a really cool organization that's working on a really common issue in kind of an interesting way.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, I guess since this is our first podcast, maybe if you want to give an overview of Lasso and maybe how you got started at Lasso.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've not been part of the whole Lasso journey, but I have been a part of 100% of all Lasso's been Lasso. So um, I a little bit of backstory. I joined Lasso the first time in 2017. I had just graduated college. I was looking for... A job, and someone actually forwarded me like a listserv email that they like evolution at the time. Now, Lasso was looking for like a freelancer, so um, I ended up applying for that and ended up getting the, the position as a freelancer, and then that summer. Um, that I got that position. My husband was doing an internship in Colorado. I lived in Wyoming at the time. He was doing an internship and we needed a place to live in Colorado for a summer. And so I asked my new bosses, like, hey, does anyone know a place that that we could stay for the summer? And Eric, who's our firm's owner, was like, sure, like you can live in my basement. (laughs) So we packed up our little life and moved to Colorado for the summer and like moved into Eric's basement. It was a real commitment to a new boss. Um, We were also roommates, but it was lovely. Eric and I became super tight and I you know, kind of fell in love with his family and um so he and I really enjoyed working together. I left Lasso then Evolution for about a year to work in nonprofit because I really thought that's where I wanted to be. But I got really bored of nonprofit. Like I love nonprofit and I love the mission but like I realized I need the variety of of agency life, like I need the the different clients and different issue areas, and I got I got kind of bored. So, um, came back to Lasso um, a year later, and then um, shortly after we had some changes in the company. Um, I became the managing director, and we decided to rebrand. So we've been Lasso now for about a year, well over a year. Um, we focus on nonprofit um, marketing and fundraising, so we're really unique. Um, we saw that a lot of nonprofits don't have access to good marketing resources. Like a lot of times nonprofits sort of get leftovers or they like get lower quality work. Um, we also found that a lot of nonprofits hire fundraising firms that can't actually do the work. So the fundraising firm gives them the plan and says, you need to send out newsletters and do these things. and the organization's like, cool, but we don't have the resources or we don't know how or our person doesn't have the training to, to do it to the quality it needs to be done. So we decided to add fundraising um, to we've been a marketing agency for our entire life, but add fundraising this last year. And that's been really successful. So now we can offer clients everything. We can give them the, the strategy for fundraising and then also give them all the execution, the social media management, copywriting, all the things um, that come after that. So really unique.
0: Um, and we've we found a lot of success with that. I know that you, like, kind of climbed the ladder here at, like, formerly Evolution and now Lasso very quickly. And, like, knowing you, that's not surprising at all. But um, for people that no- don't know you, um, I think maybe, like, they would love to hear a little bit more about how that... Um, ladder was climbed so quickly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just really lucky meeting the right people at the right time. Um, I think a really unique part of my career was that I started out as a freelancer, which is really uncommon. Normally you do a job, you get some experience and then you freelance. I did the other way around. I freelanced, like faked until I made it and then <laughs> got a job. So I think that helped a lot because when I came to... Lasso and Evolution. I was freelancing for a while, and I, I feel like there's just a lot of skills you learn when you freelance. Like you kind of are running your own business essentially. You're finding your own clients. You're writing proposals. You're invoicing. You're doing all these things um, that a business does, um, but you're it's just it's just you. And so I feel like that really helped me with like the drive and the kind of know how um, to to jump in quickly and be able to to climb. Um, I also think that you know a really Unique and important piece of this is just the, like the relationship that I have with Eric, our founder. Like he is a kind of person that really sees potential in people. And so he has a, an amazing amount of trust. And so I was really lucky at my age. Like Eric was kind of just like, do you want to run the company and like all sort of advise you? And that's like not a role that many people, especially people when the age of 30, get offered. So I feel really grateful for that. I don't think there was any sort of big secret, but I think it was just continually doing good work. Um, and then I think just, you know, not to, to give myself too much credit, but I feel like I sort of have like management is kind of my jam, um... You know, I had, I think everyone during COVID had this like COVID midlife crisis of some sort, like every know, a lot of people like quit their jobs. And so during COVID, like I I didn't quit my job. I was here, but I was really thinking about like in the next 10 years, like, is this what I want to do? Like, I really loved marketing, but I didn't love writing Google ad copy every day. Like, That started to get old for me. Um, And I knew that wasn't where I wanted to be. And so I really did a lot of thinking like a bazillion personality tests, all the things that one does during COVID when there's nothing else to do and really came to the conclusion that I wanted to do something in management. And that was before I became the managing director. So when that opportunity came up, I was like, this is exactly what I want to be doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there was no no secret. I just got really lucky to have a great mentor in Eric and all the other folks I've worked with throughout my career that have kind of like put the cart before the horse and like hired me before knowing if I even know
0: what I'm doing. I'm really, really grateful for that. I I know personally I'm grateful for that too. <laughs> I mean, you guys live by that, always giving people a place to thrive. So it's kind of awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, I did want to ask, uh, the agency hasn't always been specifically directed at nonprofits, and it seems like that's been kind of a change um, over the past year or two. So um, what, what kind of thing... What kind of things do you think push that uh, drive towards nonprofits?
1: Yeah, totally. So I think we realized that's a work honestly that we love the most. So we kind of got to this point, and this is again part of everyone's COVID reckoning. The company had a COVID reckoning too. Um, we got to the point where we realized that the the we we weren't really branded as doing anything. Like we had done a lot of healthcare work, a lot of public health work. Nonprofit work, but we realized we weren't really the anything if that makes sense. So like come to evolution, we can maybe provide you these sorts of things. Like we didn't have a really clear story. And so we realized that we were constantly losing proposals to other firms that were the healthcare firm or the nonprofit firm or the government firm. And so we realized we really had to, to pick something that was unique. And we just decided the nonprofits of work that we love doing the most. So we work with government as well. Um, but the whole goal is, is work that makes the world better. And Eric and I both really aligned on that and realizing that we didn't really want to do work that just helps people get richer. And we'd done a lot of work previously in private healthcare, which is really important. And, and healthcare is amazing. We worked with a lot of great doctors. But I think we were just ready to, to do something that just really like made us feel good at the end of the day. And so part of it was our feelings about the kind of work we wanted to do. And then part of it was also um, the, the niche in the market. We felt like no one was really doing nonprofit marketing in Denver in a way that was visible. Like there are lots of little firms, but no one that was super visible. And no one that was really full service. Um, and established. And so we felt like there was a niche there. Um, there are a couple big agencies, but we felt like those are really out of the realm of, of feasibility for a lot of smaller nonprofits. And so we really wanted to fill that gap of small to medium nonprofits who need full service marketing. And then later we added fundraising. So I think it was kind of a combination of like what the market needed and what we wanted to do. And we were lucky that those aligned.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Um, and it seems like as that transition more towards nonprofits and uh, government agencies uh, there was also a huge growth spurt in the company um, I guess do you want to speak on that at all or yeah,
1: yeah. sure <laughs> um, I mean I think one of the things, of course, is I think we were lucky and you don't always do this in business, but we hit the nail on the head in terms of the niche. Like we, we found a need that needed to be solved and we solved it. And that's resulted in a lot more clients and a lot of growth. The other thing that I think is honestly even more important is the culture that we've built. So, you know, previously um, in the, the pre-lasso, the evolution days, I think culture just wasn't as much of a focus. And, you know, perhaps Eric and the other folks on the team weren't exactly aligned about culture, but Eric and I have a really similar vision on culture. And so that's something we've been really intentional about is building a place where people are valued, where they feel like... They, they want to come to work I definitely don't not of the, like the Google mindset of like let's put a gym in so we will never leave and they love it here that way like in sort of like a creepy kind of Stockholm syndrome sort of way um, but I did wanted to make it a place where people are, are really happy and feel like they're supported as people and not just as workers and that's really proven to be effective so I think you know we've needed to grow because of the increase in business but also I think we've been able to grow because we've not had turnover because the folks that we have are happy to be here so when you're trying to continuously train new folks it's a lot harder to grow and I think we've been really lucky that we've had a lot of people that have been with us for a long time um also you know if you look at our website you'll see we have hired some family members so that helps they can't escape we, we know where they live they can't they can't But um so it helps too um but yeah I think I think it's just been hitting hitting the nail on the head in terms of what the market needs and then being able to find good people to help us do the work
0: for sure yeah um I guess also like as this growth spurt is happening um What kind of things do you see for the future of Lasso? What's kind of your goal and your vision for this agency?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the vision that always guides us, which is really important, is to to do work that matters with people that matter and take good care of our own people in the process. So that's always a vision we have at the front of things. Um, You know, I don't think we ever aspire to be some sort of crazy multinational agency. Like to me, if we become too big, we lose all the things that that make Lasso great, like the individualized attention and the culture. Those things are really hard to scale um i think what we're looking for in the next like five years is really building out our services adding some more digital capabilities um just continuing to build out our team so that we can support even more organizations um you know when you're a smaller team you kind of have folks doing like double roles and um I think we have everyone doing a really healthy amount of, of work, but I think as we grow, we'll want to specialize even more and bring on more people with really specific skill sets. So I think in the next five years, we anticipate still working very much in the, the field that we work in and just continuing to be able to serve more organizations.
0: Sweet. Um, I think also a lot of agencies are lacking on that culture that you mentioned. So, um for maybe a managing director or someone uh, that's a higher up what are some kind of tips you think um, that would help them get to that place with their culture yeah I and mean, I think the main thing is to be really intentional like culture
1: like uh, Eric likes to say that like culture is like a marriage like you have to work on it and Eric's been married for a very long time <laughs> so I trust his opinions on both marriage and culture uh, but I think it's really true it's something you have to continually like renew and work on um, I think being really clear about what your culture is and what you want it to be and like putting that in writing somewhere and having that documented for your team. Like we have a values deck and we actually refer to our values. They're not just something that we put on the site so that people know that we're honest and hardworking or sort of whatever buzzwords. Um, We have values that we really we stick by and we they're actionable. So in a situation, we can sort of pull out our values and say what what applies here. So I think that's really important. Um, I mean, ultimately, I think and this is just the culture we've built, but I think authenticity Um, is super important, especially for management. Um, And the sense that in my mind as a manager, your job is really to support the people under you and doing good work and not to be the boss of them. Um, and I think that's taken us a long way. We have a pretty flat organizational structure. Everyone feels free to jump in. We have times where like the intern is messaging the owner about like deliverables she's waiting on, right? Like we, we are really flat that way. Um, and I think that's also been really meaningful. So I think, yeah, I think just making it really clear and actionable and then getting staff buy-in is really important um, and sticking by it, even when it means you have to make hard decisions. The other thing that we've done that's really important is we've hired based on culture. Um, so of course skill sets really important but usually if you're looking for a copywriter for example you can find you know five or ten people that might have those skills but at the end of the day it's like who's really going to add to the culture and um, I've seen in other organizations that one bad apple can really spoil the bunch and really ruin the culture so um, just just being really focused and intentional as you grow on making sure that every person that comes in adds something positive to the culture and aligns with the culture
0: that makes sense yeah um I think also a lot of people are struggling kind of with the work from home balance and culture. Um, Do you have any ideas on how we are balancing that? Um, Any suggestions for other folks balancing that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think as someone who's worked from home for basically all of my career, which is pretty unique, I've only had, I think only an office job for a total of like maybe nine months in my career. (laughs) Um, Like I think you know, really important for folks to set boundaries. And I really encourage my team to do that, um, to set boundaries at the end of the workday or set boundaries for when they want to go lunch, go to the gym, all those sorts of things. I think that's really important to set boundaries at home. Um, I always recommend that folks have a dedicated space, even if it's like a corner of your living room where you always sit when you do work. I think that like having an office, quote, quote, in your in your house um, is really helpful so that when you're not sitting in that seat, you feel like you're sort of off the clock. Um, I think for us as an organization, the key to work from home and making it work is to hire really good people and then just trust that they're doing their work from home. Um, I've definitely worked for people that have trouble with the work from home model because it makes them nervous because what are their people doing all day and to me if you can't trust someone to work from home like either you have a problem or you shouldn't have hired that person right so I think like to me that's what's been successful is our people know that they can work from home and they have the flexibility and all the fun that comes with that of being able to like take a walk in the middle of the day or work remotely if they're traveling or something like that um and they feel like they can do that as long as they're performing at a high level and performing at their usual level that that they have the freedom to, to work in the way that they want. So I think that's really key to, to being successful.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I definitely see that as someone that lives pretty far away from our agency base. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, I guess my next question, you kind of hit on a bunch of things you love about this work, but what would you say do you love most about your role and this agency and our clients?
1: Oh, it's so hard to pick just one. I feel so grateful that I have a job where I'm like, I don't know, I love all of it. Um, I mean, I think what I love the most is getting to help my team solve problems. Like that's one of the things I personally enjoy the most is having team members come to me whether it's a challenge with the way they work or a challenge with a, like a tricky client situation. Um, I or even just like a marketing question of like trying to develop an advertising strategy for a client. I love like working with my team collaboratively to problem solve. Um, we've our team is full of a bunch of really really smart people. And so it's, it's fun to work together to come up with solutions. I really love doing that and being able to like support the team, um, in that respect. So I, I love that. Like my, my husband, when he's working from home, he'll be like, you're on zoom meetings like all day. And I'm like, this is my job. Like I am as like, you know, some people say their job is to send emails. Like my job is a zoom meeting. And I love that actually. I love spending that much time with our team. So that's definitely one of my favorite parts. I think the other part is just the amazing clients we get to work with. Like I used to say and I used to have this in my cover letter back in the day when I was looking for jobs that like nonprofit mission statements make me cry, which is like super dorky. But I'll read a nonprofit mission statement, I'll be like, this is the most important work in the world today. <laughs> and then I'll read another one and be like, this is the most important work. Like I get very choked up about it. Um I I just like, I love, I love the nonprofit work and and what nonprofits are doing and the creative ways they thought of to solve society's really challenging problems. And so what I love about our work is we get to work with a ton of organizations that do that. And we get to, we don't, we're not actually out in the field, like serving meals or whatever it is, but we, we get to support the people that do that. And so kind of indirectly in that way, we get to do all sorts of things. And we have a lot of different missions um, because we adopt our clients' missions as our own. So I love that too. I love being able to work with a lot of different organizations in a lot of different issue areas and like be able to make an impact in all of them
0: yes I love that I love that we adopt their mission statements too I I love how you put that um I guess on the flip side what would you say is your biggest work challenge Biggest work challenge.
1: His name is John. He is one. Um yeah, my biggest work challenge probably, I mean just candidly, is like balancing um being a mom and working. It's really hard and we're super lucky. Um, we have such a great culture where that's super supported. And I'm really grateful that like my team, even though I'm the only one, yeah, only one on the team right now with kids, um, everyone on the team is super supportive of of John. Um, jumping in on Zoom calls or pausing Zoom calls because John's eating something off the floor he shouldn't or whatever it is. Um, I'm super grateful for that. But that's definitely been hard and hard for me to, like, be okay with the fact that my 100% pre-kids is, like, not my 100% now, right? Like, my 100% now is probably, like, my old 80% and I just have to be okay with that. So um, that's been hard for me. I'm grateful that it's only hard for me in the sense that, like, my team's not, like, you know you're not doing as much as you used to like my team's totally accepting and and wonderful and understands that life looks different for me but it's hard for me because I'm super type a and super high achieving and it's definitely hard for me to like accept that I have to sometimes delegate or um you know push back deadlines or whatever it is um but I'm grateful that I can do both
0: I will say that as someone that sees you working like constantly, your 80% is everyone else's 110%. (laughs) It's pretty impressive. (laughs) Thanks. Um, I guess what kind of things would you say your goals are as you move forward in your career personally? That's a great question.
1: I mean, I think honestly, and this is like the first time I can say this in my career, like I'm really happy where I'm at. I'm like not looking to go anywhere else. I think, you know, it's been hard because... My career has definitely been a little bit meandering, and I think every single role I've taken, every single freelance job I've taken has, like, led me to where I am, so I'm super grateful for it, but it's definitely not like I graduated college, started at a company, and had a really clear, clear move up the chain. Um, you know, I did move up here, but that was, like, in between sort of, like, going to nonprofit, and it's been, it's been a little scattered, and so, um... You know, I think my goal right now is just to really continue to grow in this role, continue to grow our team. Um, As the team gets bigger and the work gets bigger, the needs will change, and, like, my abilities will have to change to adapt to that. So for right now, I'm really excited just kind of riding this wave and, and being part of this. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like the perfect job. I basically get to run a company with a really cool VC investor <laughs> who's our owner. And that's pretty pretty uncommon to get to do that without putting a lot of your own money on the line. So I feel very grateful to work for, you know, essentially a startup with a very secure salary and <laughs> all those things. So yeah, for right now, I'm happy just being here and continuing to learn um, and, and just grow in this role as our team grows and as I need to grow
0: I thought you might say something like that I was like (laughs) looking at that question I was like I I can't imagine her like enjoying anything else as much like this is a great position for you um I guess maybe a little bit more about um yourself outside of work I mean as someone that works for you I uh I I know about you outside of work, but I always want to hear more. So um, tell us more about the personal side of Taylor Rossi. Oh, man, I feel like that feels very heavy and dramatic. It's not not that exciting. Um,
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I mean, one of like my favorite things is true crime. That's like something I don't talk a lot about recently have talked more about because so I'm a little obsessed but um I'm like a, a continual like lifelong learner and so like anything I can learn about that's new that's different like I I just love that kind of stuff um so like I love like I listen to a lot of podcasts because I just love like anything and everything like um I'm always like learning about new stuff I'm definitely like psychology is one of my jams something I'm super interested in so I listen to a lot of psychology podcasts um I'm definitely an extrovert, so I love going out and doing, um, which often comes in conflict with the fact my husband's an introvert. So, like, my idea of a relaxing weekend is like going all the places, and his idea is going to the couch. (laughs) So we balance that, but. Yeah, I love I love going out and doing new things. I'm a huge coffee shop person. Admittedly, embarrassingly, I'm like a coffee shop fufu latte person. So like, people are you know I, I talk about going to coffee shops and people think I'm very like clued in and like I'm not like an espresso person or like an americano person. I'm like, what is your seasonal flavored latte person? I'm a huge pumpkin spice fan. So I feel like um, yeah, I feel like I fool people a bit with my knowledge of coffee shops, but really I'm just kind of sampling all of their sugariest uh, sugariest drinks. And yeah, I think, like, it's been interesting for me, like, career has been so much of a focus for me for really, like, my whole, my whole career, (laughs) like, and I think, like, being a parent's really helped me to, like, kind of step back and, like, put that in context, so I really love my work, um, but I think I'm right now trying to kind of negotiate, like, I tell my team a lot, like what we do is not brain surgery. Like if you mess up a marketing campaign, no one will die. Like we, we, we're not in that business and obviously it will suck. Clients will be sad, but it's not the end of the world. And I think like really trying to take that to heart and convince myself of that and remind myself there's a lot of life outside of work is, is hard because I love my work and, um, I'm really passionate about it. So I feel like I'm kind of working on, working on that balance right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, definitely I'm someone who struggles with hobbies like sadly I have been caught googling how to find a hobby we're gonna be real (laughs) so I feel like between work and and having a kid there's not a lot of stuff that I I do outside of work but um yeah grateful to live in Colorado and I do a lot of fun things around here (laughs)
0: The Moment is produced by Lasso Digital, a marketing and fundraising agency with the goal of helping nonprofits raise more funds, spread their vision, and achieve their mission. Our host is Annika Pelke, our producer is Spencer Hu, and our music is by Sean Hess. To find more episodes of Spur of the Moment or to learn more about Lasso Digital, check out our website, lassodigital.co.